You're listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture that these brilliant ladies enjoy. So heat up your kettles. It's tea time. Hello, everyone. I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And you are listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. And on this week's episode, we will be talking about the Netflix Korean show Squid Games. Um, but before we get into that, hi Chelsea, how you doing? Hello. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, yeah, it has actually. <laughs> um, so why don't you tell us what you've been doing? All right. Well, I've been working a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Work, work, work. Um, yeah, I did like nine days straight there. Had one day off. Was supposed to have today off, but they were like, hey, you want to come in for three hours? And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> but my bank account said, yes, you do. <laughs> it's like, hey, remember all those BTS tickets you just bought? Literally. Literally. Um, so I've just been working a lot. Um, pretty much just go to work, come home, watch K-dramas and be like a zombie on the couch till I have to wake up for the next day. <laughs> it's kind of just been my consistent schedule for the past like two weeks. Um, so I've finished a couple of K-dramas, which was fun. And then the other day I watched Promising Young Woman with Carrie Mulligan, um, Bo Burnham, Literally tons and tons of people. But Carrie Mulligan is like the main person. And I really liked it. Uh, I had been wanting to see this movie for a while. But hadn't had the opportunity. And I just happened to be at my dad's. Where he has HBO Max. And it was available on HBO Max. So I watched that. And I really liked it. And definitely like a film that you like need like a lot of trigger warnings for for sure um but if you can handle uh those those type of situations it has a very good uh I don't know it's just very good storytelling and kind of highlights some things in a way that I think people may need to see in a certain light you know and deals with a lot of sensitive topics which is why I'm being very vague okay (laughs) um and then last night, we watched a BTS concert at 2.30 in the morning till like 5 or a little earlier for me because I fell asleep. <laughs> you did. You didn't even get to watch Permission to Dance, which was like the name the whole... of the show. <laughs> the closing song. I was like, <laughs> sound asleep. <laughs> I was like, because I was texting you and I was like, she's not responding. Oh, no. <laughs> I was doing pretty well because I was watching it in bed with my laptop on the desk. That was your first mistake. I I couldn't because I had taken a nap beforehand and I got up and I was like, nope, we're doing it here. I have no energy to get up and somehow connect my computer to the TV or screen mirror it or whatever. And I was just like, nah, we're doing this right here. I was doing pretty well. I was pretty awake and everything and then it just got to like the end where they started playing like slower songs and then they were talking and giving their goodbye messages and that's where it all went wrong for me (laughs) and i was like oh yay (laughs) 
soft music and BTS's voice. And apparently I just went right into dreamland. So, <laughs> um, but that was a lot of fun to watch. Even though we both got absolutely like zero sleep or like for me, it was very scattered sleep. Um, it was definitely worth it. And if you guys want to hear more on our thoughts on that, definitely check out our K-pop podcast where we're in an hour going to probably talk all about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but anyway, Katie, I haven't seen you for a, like what, two weeks. How have you been? Um, tired. No, yes. I'm fine. Just tired. Um, I went on vacation, which was a godsend. Nice. Because work has been awful. Um, but I went to Portland, uh, to visit Steph, um, and did a lot of very rigorous physical activity. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, when we, the, um, I got there on a Thursday and then that day we had, um, dinner with my coworker who lives in Portland, um, Connor, who I've talked about many a times. Um, and then on Friday, uh, after I filled up on way too much sugar and not enough real food, mm-hmm. I had like a cinnamon roll and a mocha, and then I didn't eat any like actual food after that for like ever, which is not great. Um, highly don't recommend that because you're just gonna be like on a high and then a very very low. <laughs> <laughs> I do that all the time for work. I'm like, oh, muffin and cold brew. That sustains yep. me for the whole day. Perfect. Yep. Um, we went to a farm to go to a corn maze. Also highly don't recommend doing that after it's rained for like a week. Oh, was it like muddy? It was very and... muddy. Oh, okay. So the whole time you're just like, your arms are out to the side. Like you're trying not to slip because it... <laughs> we found a few spots where we think somebody fell. Oh. There was like a crushed coffee cup on the ground, and then there was like a slip mark, like a little bit nice. further away. Um, but I think we hadn't even gotten into the maze yet, and I was like squish squish. And I was like, oh, that's in my shoe. That's in my shoe. <laughs> so your socks like permanently died. <laughs> they were like muddy. It was really funny because we walked a little bit further, and Steph was like, oh, that's in my shoe. <laughs> should have worn uh well didn't know didn't didn't know it was going to be that messy otherwise i would have worn my hiking shoes that i brought yes um mistakes were made it's fine um but yeah so there was two corn mazes there was like the adult corn maze and then the kids one and then somehow stuff and i started in the adult corn maze got really lost very very lost somehow ended up in the children's corn maze and out the entrance of that one and we were like what? like how did we get here no idea that's funny it's like you know in um emperor's new groove they're like how did you get back here before us they're like by rights it shouldn't have done that for should have happened <laughs> doesn't make any sense um, but yeah, that's what happened. Um, and then we were like, oh, let's go pick a pumpkin from their pumpkin patch. Didn't realize that they provided wagons to drag with you over to the pumpkin patch. So we carried about eight pound pumpkins, about a half a mile oh, wow. or so. 
uh, is pretty heavy. My arms hurt a lot for like the next several days. Mm-hmm. Um, also dropped my pumpkin at one point and snapped the stem off. He was fine. My pumpkin was fine. Okay, good. Um, but yeah. Uh, also ate a caramel apple, which was great. Got kettle corn. Are you t- following my sugar problem here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And then we carved our pumpkins, and they're on Steph's porch. They look Aww. really cute. Mine's this, like, sort of lopsided happy face, and hers is a cat. That's cute. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Saturday, we went on a hike. We hiked to Mirror Lake, which is about two miles one way, and then two two miles back. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was. Is your toe okay? Oh, yeah. My toe's fine. That wasn't the problem. It was like, hey, remember you have a heart and lungs? Yeah, you can feel those. Yeah. There was a lot of like, because we got there very early. And because it was going to take a while. I was like, it's going to take a while. And she goes, oh, okay, that's fine. And I was like, no, it's really, it's going to take a while. Two miles. Two miles each way. That's. It's far. It was mm-hmm. far. It was worth it. It was just like a lot for a person who's not in shape at all. <laughs> but when we were walking back, because um, you take the same path down, right, that you took up there. And as we were walking back, we were like going down this like super steep incline, right? Like going back down. And I was like, wait a minute. I climbed up that. And she goes, oh, yeah, you walked up that. And I was like, why am I not dead right now? <laughs> well, yeah. that's good. It was really cool because Mirror Lake, if you stand at a certain point, you get this perfect reflection of Mount Hood in the lake. Ooh. And it had snowed. So there was like a ton of snow on Mount Hood. There was actually snow at Mirror Lake in the parts where there wasn't any sun. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we did that. And then I got to eat a delicious cheeseburger afterwards, which was Mm. wonderful. Um, and then, like, we tried to go to downtown Portland on Sunday. Uh, I think I either ate too much or something I ate made me kind of sick because we went into Powell's and she was like, are you okay? And I was like, I feel off. Can we leave, please? Like, we need to leave. Like, I feel terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was, like, hot in there and I was, like, sweating and I just felt disgusting. So we went, like, home and... Basically, like, I watched, we watched YouTube videos and some Mm -hmm. movies and stuff, like, all of Sunday and then Monday. Nice. That's good quality time. Yeah, it was fun. Um, It was fun. I got to play with her cats, and we spent a lot of quality time together. It was good. Um, So I did that. And, like, while I was there, we watched Knives Out, which I hadn't seen yet. So I finally watched it. Oh, I, wow. How'd you like it? I liked it. I was very upset about how it ended, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it was very good. I really enjoyed it. Um, and then we watched another movie that had been on my list called The Half of It, which is on Netflix, which was really good. It's like a coming-of-age story for a um, uh, a young Chinese girl who lives with mm. her father. Um, and she, like goes through a lot and it's it's pretty good it's it's a really good movie yeah um obviously continuing the zombie movie stuff i only have two more left two more and then i can go back down to four podcasts instead of five (laughs) yeah you spend your whole weekend recording and i don't know how you do it that's literally today 
Mm-hmm. I recorded it at 8.30. From 8.30 to 10 today. And then from 11 to 2, I recorded. And then now we're recording again. Mm-hmm. Um, I even recorded while I was on vacation. Um, it's a lot. <laughs> like, I wasn't going to miss those two movies for the zombie podcast. Because it I... was Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and Warm Bodies. So I wasn't going to miss it. <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, yeah. So that. And then... Uh, BTS concert. So, mm-hmm. dead tired because of that. But yeah. Um, yeah. God, BTS. Can't wait to unpack that later. <laughs> oh, a whole lot. Um, but anyways, don't forget to head over to geekgeekmedia.com to check out the latest episodes of the network's podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe to the Twitch streamers of all of our network streamers so you don't miss out when they stream their favorite games and talk about geek stuff. Keep listening now to hear a promo from the Geek to Geek Media Network. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek to Geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like video games, Star Wars, comics, Movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu. Keanu Reeves, New, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu. And we're back. So as we mentioned at the top of the show, we're going to be discussing the Netflix Korean series, Squid Game. I always put games. It's game. Just one. I know. I go back and forth between the two when I talk about it, and I never remember which one's which, or which one's yeah. the correct one. I think it's Squid Game. It is Squid Game, yeah. yeah. Um, So that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, I'm just going to read a bunch of information, and... We can talk about it pretty much. So the basic plot of this show is hundreds of cast-strapped players accept a strange invitation to compete in children's games. Inside, a tempting prize awaits with with deadly high stakes, a survival game that has a whopping uh, 45.6 billion won uh, prize at stake. So that's pretty much like the basic plot of this show. Um, it was created, directed, and written by uh, Hwang Dong-hyuk. And then it stars Lee Jong-jae, Park Hae-sun, Wee Ha-joon, uh, Jung Ho-yeon, Oh Yeon-soo, uh, Ho Sung-tae, um, Anupam Tripathi. I think that's the one I couldn't. I, I was struggling to pronounce that one, so sorry. Okay. And Kim Yo Rung, I think. Yeah. I'd like to thank all the K-pop for helping me pronounce Korean names correctly, <laughs> or at least getting really close. Um. So the basically, like the creator of the show, um, had cons uh cons what. 
Conceived. Conceived? That doesn't make any sense in this sentence, but all right. (laughs) He came up with the idea uh, based on his own economic struggles early in life as as well as the class disparity in South Korea. Uh, Though he was initially, although he had initially written, like, it was supposed to be a movie. So, like, he initially written the script or the idea in 2009. He was unable to find a production company to fund the idea until Netflix, 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 uh, took an interest around 2019 as part of a uh, part of the their drive to expand their foreign programming offerings, which they have a lot now. Mm-hmm. So all nine episodes were written um, and directed by the show creator. Um, Squid Game was released worldwide on September 17th of 2021 to critical acclaim and international attention, attracting more than 142 million member households uh, during its first four weeks from launch. It's Netflix's most watched series to date. Heck yeah. Um, Bridgerton was the most watched show up until now, and it surpassed that by, like, a lot. Yeah. I think within the first... Four weeks of Bridgerton being released, uh, 42 or 82 million people had watched it mm-hmm. or households had watched it. Uh, and this is at 142 in the same time frame. Yeah. It's a lot. So, it's a lot. Um, so I was reading through Wikipedia and there is some, they gave some context as the, they talked to the show creator and he gave sort of like some context as to the writing mm-hmm. of the show. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Then we can talk about the games individually. Um, and then we'll talk about the commentary and then anything else you want to talk about. Sounds good. Okay. So the context for like in which like he was writing the show, he described the work as a story about losers. The names of the characters were all based on his childhood friends including the cop and his brother. Um, He actually had a friend who had the same name as the cop, and then that friend had a brother who had the same name. Gotcha. As the cop's brother. Uh, The two main characters, um, is it Ji-hoon? And Sung-woo were based on uh, Hong's own personal experience and represented two sides of himself. Uh, Ji-hoon... Uh, shared the same aspects of being raised by an economically disadvantaged single mother and the Sung Moon district of Seoul, uh, while Sung Woo reflected on Wang having attended uh, Seoul National University with high expectations from his family and neighborhood. Sorry if it's taken me like forever to read this. Like I've literally had three hours of sleep, so I'm <laughs> struggling a bit. You're okay. You're doing good. I'm sorry. Um, so Jihoon's background was inspired by the organiza- the organizers of the of uh, the Sungyong Motor Labor Strike of twenty 29- of two thousand and nine against mass layoffs. So his background of working in the automotive industry the main character was based on an actual thing that happened yeah because he mentions that he he got uh laid off after working Mm -hmm. there for like decades or like a decade Mm -hmm. yeah and it was pretty bad because he was saying that like 
the people who ran the company cheated everyone out of all the money that they owed them. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a huge strike that resulted in massive amounts of violence and things like that. And there was a lot of stuff that happened. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can actually read up on the actual strike because it was a real thing. So. Um, so the series was originally written to be a film so that the creator, which is why the creator opted to use children's games with simple rules that would be easy to explain in contrast to more complex survival games and complex rules. So one of the things that he did was while he was working on this um, in 2009, he read a lot of survival style stories that were popular in fiction. So he read uh, The Hunger Games and several other uh, series Um, I forget which ones you mentioned, but he read like three or four of them. Mm. And um, a lot of the series have more complex game explanations that take time. Mm -hmm. Um, So because there's supposed to be six games that are played while this is going on, um, they opted for easy games that would be like super quick to explain so they could get to what was going on because every single one of these games it was very easy to understand what was going on true um the only game that was probably complex that it took a bit to explain was the squid game which is mm-hmm. why they spent so much time in the very first episode explaining exactly how you play squid game yep that made sense because for me that was the one that i was kind of having a hard time wrapping my mind around because like not all of these are games that we've played as kids mm-hmm so some of them I was like, yeah, I, I got it. That's kind of similar to something we've done as kids. Yeah. So most of these games are work across um, that most kids in different countries have played, like Red Light, Green Light, Tug of War, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, but things that are very different, like Squid Game, I've never heard of until mm-hmm. I started, um, until I watched the show. Um, I think I've seen it played in a couple of K-drama series that I've watched before. Mm, yeah. Um, but this is the first time where I've actually, like, understood what the rules are. Yeah. So. Okay. So that was, like, some basic background on the show. Um, and then some of the influences that the writer took when writing the show. Um, he wrote all nine episodes. So he wrote and directed all of them. Which I think is kind of common, right, with Korean dramas. Typically they have, like, one... Mm-hmm. Like, they have a writer and a director, and that's kind of who does the show, and they kind of flesh it out all on their own. Yeah. Like, uh, you know what I mean? It's kind of different to, like, mm-hmm. American TV, where they take turns per episode. or Yeah, like, some series will have, in the U.S., will have... Sometimes, like, most of the episodes will have the same writer, but all the directors will be different. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have it a lot on, like, Supernatural, where, like, the director was always different. Mm-hmm. Um, they even had like uh, actors from the TV show directed episodes too. Like Jensen became a director, and then Richard Spade Jr. became one as well. So I think it becomes more and more common to do just one writer, mm-hmm. um, and maybe even one director with these shorter form series because it just makes sense to keep a consistent tone throughout, mm-hmm. and it's not like they're writing twenty plus episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes sense. They can kind of write it all beforehand and just set the tone for the whole thing. Yeah, he, um, apparently it took him about six months to write the first two episodes. Mm. Um, 
after that, he had, I think, co-writers that helped him flesh out the rest of the series. Because the series is only nine episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but the first two really established, like, because the first episode um, introduces you to the main character and then, like, his life, what leads him to uh, wanting to join the game. Mm-hmm. And then you get the first game. And Mm -hmm. then the second one is them leaving, right, the game and then figuring out that their life sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like, that going back into their life didn't really solve anything. And it's just, like, it's just the same crap they were dealing with before that maybe the games weren't so bad. And then them uh, rejoining. And you get more backstory on the set of main characters. Right. Because the first episode's mainly just the main character, whereas mm-hmm. it's the second episode is, like, more of the other characters. Yeah, you get a little bit of him, and then Sungwoo, who's the, like, co-main character, him, and then the girl, who's the pickpocket, her, mm-hmm. um, and Ali. then you get Ali. He's my favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the gangster guy. Yes. Because um, those are, like, pretty much, like, the main characters, except for the old man, who was player number one. Mm-hmm. And then the crazy lady. <laughs> um. Anyways, so I'm just going to go through the games and we can talk a little bit about them mm-hmm. as we go through them. So um, at the beginning of the at the beginning of the show in the first episode, they kind of explain what Squid Game is and then how it's played. And the show creator um, said that he recalled that Squid Game was the most most physically aggressive childhood game he played in neighborhood alleys as a kid, which is why he also loved it very much. And because of this, it's the most symbolic game that reflects today's competitive society. So he picked it out as like the show's title because mm. apparently the show was originally called Round Six Rounds or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, but he really wanted it to be called be called Squid Game, which is they ended up changing the title of the show to Squid Game. Nice. I think that's better because I think it kind of mm-hmm. makes it different and kind of catches your eye. And you I know, think that sounds yeah, unique. yeah. It's one of those shows that like, <laughs> unfortunately, it's one of those things where like, like I pick novels to read a lot of the time by like how the cover looks, which is like the worst thing ever. Um, because there's probably a bunch of great books had terrible covers that I've missed out on, but I didn't pick them up because they didn't catch my eye. Um, whereas like a show like this with like, it had a very interesting cover art for mm-hmm. it on Netflix. And then it was called something weird. Squid game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If so, it was six rounds or whatever, like I would be like, oh, okay. Just sounds yeah. kind of generic. Yeah. Whereas like squid game, it's, um, to international audiences, it's something like new and unique versus, you know, um, in countries where they actually do play this game. So like in Korea, maybe they play it in other other Asian countries as well. Um, it catches their eye. They're like, oh, I know that game mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, okay. So in the first game that they play is Red Light, Green Light. I feel like most people have played this one in some shape, form, or another. Mm-hmm. Um, or we've watched people play it. Like BTS has played it on Run BTS. Um, so... This game was selected because of its potential to make a lot of losers in one go. Right? (laughs) Yeah, it did. Uh, The game was selected because the scene filled with so many people randomly moving and stopping could be viewed at a... uh, 
as a ridiculous but a sad group dance. Interesting. <laughs> said. Um, so, like, this is the very first game, and they give, like, the rules, right, where the, the doll at the front would turn around, and they would sing the red light, green light song, and then when she turned around, you had to stop moving. Mm-hmm. Like, stop moving before she turned around. Um, and if you got caught moving, you were eliminated. But they never really, like, explain what eliminated means. Because, obviously, when you're joining this game, they don't tell you anything about the fact that you're going to be, like, dead. Right. <laughs> I mean, if you're dead, you don't have you don't have debt anymore. You don't have to worry about Very it. Very true. <laughs> um, but, so, like, the very first game, they do, like, red light, green light, um... Is it green light, red light? However it is. Um, and then they stop. And the one dude is moving. And then they heard like a bang and he fell over. And they were like, oh, look at you. But then he's like bleeding. And then they everyone freaks out and start moving everywhere. And they eliminate like half the people. Because there's 456 players. Yeah. And they basically everyone... Up to, I think it was 255 players are eliminated in the first mm-hmm. round. Yeah. Because they just panicked. Yes. And got eliminated. I Yes. In like a big pile. It was kind of... That's... I think for one, it's it's smart to do that because you cut down the people in half immediately. So logistically, mm-hmm. like to do the show, it makes sense. But it also provides shock value right at the start, right? Yes. To be like, oh, that's what we're doing. God, like it just sets the tone of like, this is not a low key game. This is very yeah. much a life or death. Yeah, life or <laughs> life or death. Violent. You are gonna be shocked. <laughs> yes. And since they didn't understand that, obviously, like everyone straight panicked. Um. But they did sign a contract before they started the first game. And they only have three rules, which is that you can't opt out to play any of the games. Um, No cheating or whatever. And then the last one said that if the group unanimously are like, if the larger majority votes to end the game, then the game can end. So you can end the game at any time, but the majority of the people that are there have to vote yes to end the game. Exactly. Um, and each person's life is worth a hundred million one. So every single time somebody dies, they dump a hundred million one into a giant suspended piggy bank up in the air above mm. the place where they're sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, after they eliminated the 255 players, there was like two, 25.5 billion one in the, in the piggy bank already, like right off the bat. Yep. Which, you know, visually you're looking at all that money pour down and just, of course you're going to be like, uh, yeah, I think I want that. I think I want <laughs> Yes. Um, because they all volunteer for this. Like, they didn't make them come there. They mm-hmm. individually volunteered for it. Um, we'll get it into a little bit later about, like, the commentary on, like, why all these people were particularly chosen. Because they did seek them out in a way. So they mm-hmm. were... 
targeted in a sense, but they could have said no. Like, they didn't have to join the game. Yeah, they're definitely, like, people who are put in a position where they kind of can't say no. And that's Mm kind of why they go, like you said, kind of target those people. But at the same time, they're... (sighs) They, they do emphasize the fact that it's like, this is all your choice and blah, 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 blah. But like, I feel like we could go into more depth about why how there really isn't a choice. And yes, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. Um, so the second game that they play is with um, Dalgona uh, Candy. I almost said coffee because that just sounds amazing right now. <laughs> um it's a honeycomb candy, so it's made with sugar, melted sugar, and then you put a tiny bit of baking soda mm-hmm. into it, and it um, basically, like, caramelizes it almost, and then you it pour it. It expands it. It expands it, yeah. You pour it onto a plate, and then they have a, a circular press that they press into it to flatten it, and then they stamp a shape into it, and then press that shape in. Not all the way through it, but just enough pressure to make an indent of the shape into Mm -hmm. the candy so the object of this game was to cut the shape out of the candy without breaking the shape um so if you had like a circle or a triangle you were solid like you were probably gonna get out of that no problem Mm -hmm. oh except one person did break their circle because they got scared I feel like I would break the circle. I mean, circle doesn't have a straight edge. So, like, no. you gotta... The just... triangle is the easiest one. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so, if you broke the shape or didn't finish by the timeline, because you had, like, ten minutes to cut the shape out, mm-hmm. they would just shoot you in the face. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so, this is based on something that is very common in Korea, right? Where they, mm-hmm. like, street vendors would sell these you know, Dalgona candies and they would like give kids the opportunity to try to cut the shape out and they could either win a prize or some, I think some vendors would like give it to you for free if you could mm-hmm. get the shape out completely. Um, obviously the stakes were a bit higher on this one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had so much yes. anxiety watching this one. Cause I was like, there's no way I could do that. <laughs> Especially because There's four shapes that you had to choose from. So it was a circle, triangle, star, or the umbrella. Mm -hmm. Now, the shape you didn't want was the umbrella. That's for sure. And our main protagonist, umbrella. It was stressful. It was very stressful. Um, So the show creator said that he added the part where the main character was like licking the the candy to sort of like disintegrate it. He said that he used to do that. So he said that licking the candy to free the shape was something that um, he used to do and that he had done as a child and it uh, ended up putting it in the script as part of that because he used to do it. It's smart. Yes. Um, they competed in this game on a giant playground, which was just like overwhelming yeah well it kind of it's like when uh directors will play like really happy music during like slasher parts or like things where like people are violently being killed it's like la 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 (laughs) 
it's like oh you're doing this thing like the very first person that died during this part of the game like during this game um he was sitting at the top of the slide and he like broke his shape and he like shot him and he slid down the slide yes it's a so interesting violent. visual that's for sure it was just like all the way to the bottom and it's just like a line of blood <laughs> <laughs> oh my um okay so they like i said they only play six games but they had sort of a like special game in between which was um so for context in after they played the first game everyone was like no hell no i don't want to play this game i want to quit right and so they have the option of unanimously like they have to majority vote to exit the game and so obviously like they said you can do this but let me show you your prize money mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. options. Um, so that would obviously like influence how some people voted because that's a lot of money, like visually a lot of money. Yeah. So what they did was they, uh, there was some fighting among people and Basically, they came down, they sent one of the, like, guards down there with a gun, and they were like, we will not have any violence that inhibits the democratic process, right? So it was clear that, like, violence was not encouraged. Well, things, yeah. Things a bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, after they <laughs> played the second game. So they ended up giving them less food than they normally give them for their meal. They gave them, like, a Sprite and a hard-boiled egg. Mm-hmm. As a way to actually incite fighting exactly they're like yeah we don't encourage violence but here's barely enough food to get you through the next round (laughs) yes so basically what happens is that the mob dude kills another player in the room and no one did anything none of the guards did anything like that which then people are like hmm yeah the money drops right doesn't like the money drop into the thing and then everyone's like interesting Interesting. yes (laughs) they were like i get it so we just like murder each other and then we We have more of a chance yeah yeah so basically like lights go out and everyone starts killing each other Mm -hmm. until they stop it pretty much and 27 people were killed Mm -hmm. which is insane yes (sighs) um so that happens and then they move on to the next game which is they're down to 80 people at that point Mm -hmm. um because they did end up voting to end the games after the first round and then they were given an option later to come back so if the majority of the people decided to come back then they would restart the game so 201 people left 187 people came back a bunch of people were killed during the second game and then 27 people were killed in the rioting and that leaves 80 people left mm-hmm. so they had to split up into is it 80 was it really 80 no it wasn't 80 it was more than that sorry like 100 and... it was like 100 and something because it was wasn't it eight it was 160 i think because it was think eight so, teams yeah. of 10 yeah that makes sense Was it for, the, for the next game yeah no it's 80 yeah it's 80 I was can't do math. That's all right. It was eight teams of 10, which is 80 people. Okay. And then four of those teams died. Mm-hmm. 
And so that leaves 40 people. Yeah, I can math. You can three math. Hours good, of sleep. good job. <laughs> I can do this. Um, so the third game they're playing is Tug of War, which is 10. Uh, they have to make a team of 10. And there's eight teams. Eight teams of 10. Um, our main group ends up with not a very strong team. But they didn't know what they were pulling people for. Yeah. They had no idea. Um, Sungwoo was like, we should get men like strong players but obviously like the thug guy his team had all like the most strong men on it uh because they were cheating they had somebody on their team who knew what the games were going to be before they happened which when we get into talking about the commentary that is obviously a big part of it Mm -hmm. um so Basically, what happens is uh, you have 10 people on each side on two giant platforms that are super high up in the air. Uh, They're all basically like chained to a rope and then they have to play tug of war. And then your object is to pull the other team off the platform. They dangle off the platform. They cut the rope with a guillotine. Those people fall to their death. It's pretty harsh stuff. (laughs) Super fun. Um, So you have to win. Because otherwise yes. you lose. I mean, that, that's obviously like that for all the games, but. <laughs> yes. So one of the parts that ends up happening is because they find out that it's a tug of war and their team is pretty not very strong. Mm-hmm. Because they have um, three women on their team and uh, an old an old man and like not extremely strong men on their team. So their way of winning has to do with strategy more than anything. Yeah. Is what will win them the game. Um, and they, the old man who's player number one, he basically like t- explains to them how they'll win. Mm-hmm. If they follow this set of like the sequence of events, if they follow this sequence, they'll basically win. Yeah. Um, because there's no way they can rely on brute strength because the team that they're going against was like all men on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, so they basically like follow that sequence of events they like when the game starts all of them lean back like they're basically laying down which makes them immovable yeah Um, and the other team yeah and the other team is like pulling and pulling and pulling and it's like they're using all of their strength and effort and they're like tiring themselves out and then once they get kind of exhausted then they start pulling on the rope to pull them um and the way that they stacked themselves was one person on either side of the rope so that they could hold the rope under their armpit to give them more strength and more leverage on the rope. Um, but it basically looks like they're going to lose mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, and because they don't have the strength to outstrength the other team. So uh, Sungwoo, who obviously doesn't want to die. <laughs> yeah. He's like, everybody take three steps forward because what's happening when tug of war, when you have two teams fully pulling as hard as they can on either rope, if you suddenly put in slack into that rope, they're all going to fall. Yes. And they're chained to the rope. So they, they do that three steps forward. Um, they fall and then they use all the strength that they have to pull because they keep pulling and pulling and pulling and it never gives the other team the opportunity to stand. Yep. And because of that, they pull them off the platform. Exactly. And they fall to their deaths. This was the very first game in which the other members, like the other team members' deaths, like the other players' deaths, were strictly on their hands. Yeah. 
exactly. Because they pulled them off the platform, which means that they pulled them to their death. But they didn't really have much of an option. It was either they die or we die kind of deal. True. But yeah, it does progress from basically your death being on your own hands to, you know, yes, your death being on someone else's hands. And then from that game, it's like a group, then it eventually mm-hmm. goes down to individual. So it just gets harder and harder morally. <laughs> Yes, because now you're at a point where you've developed relationships or friendships with other people because you had to form some sort of friend, like relationship with them, bond, in order to get them to come onto your team. Mm -hmm. So now you have 10 people on your team that you've like bonded with. And then it moves on to the next game, which is a marble game of choice, which is played in pairs. And so obviously everyone's thinking like, oh, well, I'll pick someone I know. Mm-hmm. or whatever worst mistake you could have made <laughs> yep they pick not only did they pick someone that they knew but someone that they thought they like could, could be work well, well matched with, with and mm-hmm. work together with and then suddenly it's like oh but you're not working together you're working completely against each other and that's hard yes because the object of the game was to get all of your opponents marbles and when you got all the other opponents marbles they died mm-hmm and I think out of uh, one of the worst ones was the husband and wife team that yeah. chose each other as partners. Oof. Yeah. Yep. That um, poor man. I know. Uh, the other is Ali. Mm-hmm. He was such a sweet... He was my favorite player. And it was just like thoroughly upsetting. And what a piece of garbage trash. Sungwoo. <laughs> It's very true. For me, the hardest was um, the two girls because... Oh, God, yeah. Like, I cried. Like, I genuinely cried because instead of playing, instead of, you know, getting at each other's throats, they decided to just, like, spend their time getting to know each other as human beings and to just do one quick round at the very end, and that would Mm -hmm. determine who wins. And... They really get to know each other and break down each other's walls, um, especially like the the one girl who was part of the main group. You know, mm-hmm. she had such a hard shell around her from everything. And she opened up to the other girl and like told her her name, told her her story, told her what she was fighting for. And the other girl realized that she didn't have nearly as much to fight for. And so she decided to sacrifice and it was just, (laughs) it was very heartbreaking. It was very upsetting. Yeah, it was. That one was the hardest one to watch. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's also at the point where I pretty much figured out what was going on. Oh, interesting. Okay. Like from that point forward, I was like, hmm, interesting of like who's in charge of the games. Gotcha. Was basically from like this point forward. Interesting. I never really even. St- I, knew, I never like tried to piece that together. I knew who it was before they like did the reveal. Really? I knew exactly who it was. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. Um. So game number five, they played a sort of a stepping stones game. So basically, they had two suspended plat, two platforms that were very high up in the air, and then suspended in between them were these glass panels. Um. There are 16 players at this point, and each person had to pick a number. 
Um, and in this case, you want to be like the last person. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the first one. Not really in the front. You want no. a back half. Back half. Back half for sure. Um, so basically, the object of the game is to get from one platform to the other, and they have glass steps in between. Some are tempered glass, which can hold weight, and then some are just like regular glass that can't hold weight. Mm-hmm. And you have to jump from one panel to the next. So it's... You have a 50-50 chance of dying. Oh, God. Once again, that episode gave me so much anxiety. <laughs> so much anxiety. So um, as it goes along, like, obviously, the more people you have in front of you, the higher chances you have of surviving because the people that stepped on the wrong glass would have broken that glass, which means, like, oh, I don't step on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Um. So several things happen during this game. Um, our main guy is last because mm-hmm. he actually picked the first number and then a different guy was like, no, can I have the first number? And he was like, the moment they showed him the game, he was like, I've made a grave mistake. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was interesting because he had like, he had that whole like inner monologue going on and mm-hmm. he spent so much time debating everything when he actually looked up he was he had realized like the entire middle had been taken up and he was like shoot okay crap we gotta go gotta gotta pick one and then he was boom left with the first and the last and he's like okay both are not great options of course not knowing what the game was but Mm -hmm. then he yeah tries to go for the first and then very luckily gets the other guy to ask for it so Oh, man. This one was filled with lots of anxiety. And also, like, the thug guy has pretty much survived all the way up until this point. And they get to a position to where he's got no one in front of him. Mm-hmm. And he refuses to move forward. Mm-hmm. He was like, I want the person behind me to go in front of me. So, like, someone tries to, like, go in front of him or, like, push him off or whatever. Yeah, to push him off. Doesn't work out very well for him. No. However, it does minimize the the distance between him and the crazy lady that he pissed off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Who clearly was like, you know what? If I'm going down, (laughs) this jerk's going down with me. Oh, my God. Like, the first rule of thumb is, my friends, is if you're in a game for survival, please don't, like, hook up with other people, especially the one who keeps calling you, like, her opa or whatever. Oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. Um, She was just, like, yeah. I mean, she, like, she did some good stuff. Like, she helped the girl, like like go into the ventilation shaft and like made a distraction and stuff. So she was great for that. And she also helped them win on the tug of war. But damn that woman crazy. Yeah. Like she maybe crazy's not the right word to call her, but she was just not all like it was just not great. She was she was clearly like a woman that was constantly put in a desperate situation and yes. was kind of solving it in not the greatest ways. No. No, that's pretty accurate um so she like jumps onto the same square of glass that he's on and she's just like sup 
<laughs> and they Doesn't have like, she, a... like lock on to him. Yeah. Yeah. She locks her hands around his waist and he realizes what she's doing. And she basically like tips them forward and mm-hmm. they both fall to their death. Yep. Yeah. But at the end, they ended up behind this guy who worked in a glass factory who knew the difference the differences between tempered glass and non-tempered glass. So he actually mm-hmm. got them all like really cl- all the way to the end before the last two panels. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, they turned the lights off because they were like, mm, disadvantage. So yeah, they're like, he was, wait a minute, you can't all like figure this game out. <laughs> yeah. They were like, we only have six games left. Like mm-hmm. at this point, they only have one more game after this. Yeah. Um, so, he was taking a lot of time because it's not just that they have to beat the game. They also have to beat the clock. So, like, the clock is ticking down. Mm-hmm. And the longer they take, the longer, the less time they have to finish the game. And, like, he wasn't picking a step. So, so I was like, I'll pick it for you. And pushes him, mm-hmm. causing the glass to break. And so they knew what the last one was. So the three people that got across were uh, Jihoon, Sungwoo, and then the girl. Um the pickpocket mm-hmm. those three and then they exploded the bridge when the time got down which ended up causing massive amounts of injuries to the other three players yeah uh, especially to the girl who got like a giant shard of glass into her side yep um which then takes us to the like victory dinner or whatever that they had for the last three players and then they like took all everything except for the knife on the silverware because basically like the object of the game was like y'all can try to kill each other before we get to the last game if you want yeah exactly and then this really shows highlights the massive difference between the last two the two guys yeah exactly um because he tries uh jihoon tries to help her even though she's, like, dying. And, like, when he tries to go get her help, the other guy, like, basically, like, stabs her in the neck. Mm-hmm. And, like, kills her. Yeah. He's an awful person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the last game they play is the Squid Game. Which they play... Um, he doesn't... Jihoon doesn't want to kill his friend. Mm-hmm. And tries to, like, give it up. And then... Sungwoo ends up stabbing himself in the neck and dies, and and Jihoon wins. Yeah, because he figures, thing. one, he's obviously fighting to, like, save himself, but to also save his mom, in a way. Mm-hmm. And he figures, well, if I can't save myself, like, if we both come out of this alive, not winning the money, that doesn't help me at all. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I, you know, if I die then he will obviously definitely help my mom out mm-hmm. because he knows what kind of a person he is. Yes. So he decides that's the better option out of the two. Yep. So. Yep. Man, there's just, there's so much to unpack. Mm-hmm. We would be here all day, but let's do our best. <laughs> okay. Um, so the last thing I wanted to read was like a passage that I pulled from Wikipedia, which I thought was pretty good mm-hmm. talking about the commentary. Um, one of the major things that this show talks about is capitalism and then economic disparity. And 
then we can talk about, because I know you watched some videos. I also watched the video you sent me, and we'll talk a little bit about that, and then we'll end this episode. So, um, so uh, Huang wrote Squid Game based on his own personal experiences and observations of capitalism and economic class struggle within South Korea. But commentators found that these themes applied to capitalism across the globe today. Um, and then two uh, people from The Guardian, which is a news source, uh, Nemo Kim and Justin McCurry, described that the situation that many of the players in Squid Game, um, in Squid Game leading to their debt, reflects the reality of the South Korea personal debt crisis, which had experienced exceeded 100% of the country's gross domestic product at the time the show was first broadcast. Rising debt had led to the government placing restrictions on borrowing practices to try to prevent people from falling further in debt, but this itself had the impact of making other borrowers finding themselves unable to pay loans without taking out hot, without taking um, out higher interest loans, creating a rapid cascading effect. So they were not able to make their loan payments. So they took out other loans to make the loan payments, which then just added to their debt. Exactly. Uh, many Koreans in these situations turned to risky propositions such as high risk investments or gambling, anticipating a big payoff, but end up further in debt and exacerbating the problem. And that was from an article from Associated Press Kim Tong Hyun. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> we see that a lot with our main character, right? Mm-hmm. He's lost his job. Yes. He's clearly fallen into poverty, has some debts to pay back that he can't pay back by just means of maybe working like a minimum wage job. So he figures, okay, the only way I could get crawl out of this hole is by luck and that's where he turns to gambling because yes he has the chance of losing but he also has the chance of winning back to get himself out and he sees that clearly as his only option Uh uh-huh but as we see it only gets him so far (laughs) it gets him further and further into debt because he owes i think he owns a hundred and fifty million one to like private creditors mm-hmm. and then he owes which in u.s dollars is about a hundred and fifty thousand dollars or something like that it's yeah. like a hundred and something thousand dollars mm-hmm. but then he owes an additional 255 million one to the bank so like he has multiple debts that are very high and then some of the other players we're talking like some of them were like 1.9 billion yeah well, like, I think, debt. what is it? Um, Sungwoo, that that was mm-hmm. the other guy's name, right? Yeah. I'm assuming he did some sort of, like, embezzlement something. Yeah. and He was in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah. So he probably owed a lot of money. I think they said, like, $9 billion. He said yeah. $9 billion. Ooh. One. Um, so, it's a lot. Most definitely. Uh, and you see a lot of that here. I mean, that's definitely like they said. It's it it applies to glo- it it applies globally to capitalistic societies. Yep. With high yep. risk comes high reward, but also comes deep debt. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, it's not it's not great, especially when you think about the fact that the personal debt crisis has exceeded 100% of the country's gross domestic product. Like that's ridiculous. That is very much so. Um well, should I talk about some of the things yeah. that I wrote down? Yeah. Sweet. So a lot of my notes are kind of crazy because I watched a few videos, um, both of which I'll include in the show notes. One was The Take, which The Take does a lot of really great analysis of pop culture. And they basically did an entire video discussing the themes of Squid Game and the discussion of capitalism. So they talk a lot about how capitalism is kind of one big lottery. Um, it, and a lot of it relies on luck, even though it's very much pushed that if you work hard enough and long enough and you get lucky, <laughs> you too can be successful. And they kind of spin it as this, you know, everyone has an opportunity to become successful, not taking into account that like a lot of people are started at a disadvantage very much which is shown through the Dalgona candy game, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone has the opportunity to play the game, but some people are given really wacky shapes. Yes. And some are given really easy shapes. Um, I also wrote down here, most people are forced into poverty, while the perspective is that it's always the person's own fault for being poor. So people look at our, or like, uh, the people around our main character look at him as like this failure and it, that it's his fault for falling into debt. It's his fault for becoming, you know, flaky and a gambler. And sure, like he clearly has made some poor decisions that have kind of pushed him further into poverty. But it wasn't exactly like he chose that. <laughs> and it wasn't exactly like he was like, huh, I'm going to decide to go into debt. <laughs> he clearly had a job. That was well within his means, and he was put in a situation that made him desperate. And that's kind of how it is for a lot of people. Not everyone's looking to be be in massive amounts of debt and to struggle and fall further. Um, and then, let's see. Sorry, my notes are a bit, like, kind of scatterbrained. They're fine. Um, I talked a little bit about earlier how the first few games has... Uh, Everyone has the opportunity to win um, and form bonds and teams, but then they encourage people to get violent and go against each other. Then they have to face head-to-head with the marble game, forcing each other against each other directly. Um, And then I wrote down, even the workers, like the workers in the game, uh, while having a tiny bit of security, they're also expendable with a very strict job to do and as soon as they step out with outside that job description or step outside of the rules even slightly they too are taken out just as easily as the players yeah and there's also a hierarchy within the workers as well because Mm -hmm. there's the front man who's in charge and then above him is like the chairman and then the vips Exactly. Are the people that are above him. And then within the ranks of the 
the like workers there's like the square the circle and the triangle and like the square is the one in charge and then i think it's like the triangle and then the circle exactly so they're probably equivalent to like management yes i would say within a corporate company or something like that if we were if we were to break it down and directly link it to like how a company works you know the the players are the workers the the (laughs) the workers are essentially management and then the the vips are like ceos upper management things like that yeah um and then i put the few at the top see the humans as nothing more than toys or not human and therefore expendable for their own fun which I think is part of the commentary that you can see when the VIPs do visit. Because when they're in that room, right, all of the furniture is made out of, like, human shape. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the footstool looks like a person. Mm-hmm. The one holding the drinks looks like a person. Like, the one holding up the couch is a person. Mm-hmm. Like that they're seen as objects or things that can be utilized for other purposes, which is how they see all the people in the game. Exactly. Even even our guy that's undercover, right? He's there to do a job, which is serve the drinks. And immediately one of the VIPs is like, no, no, no. I'm using you the way that I want to. Yes. Which is not at all what he is there for. <laughs> no. Um. And then that video that I watched also had a very interesting uh, discussion about is capitalism okay if the right person wins, right? So mm-hmm. the whole the whole show is centered around who's going to win this game. And obviously we're kind of talking about how capitalistic society is very harsh and People that rise to the top typically are people that are not great people. Yes. But is it okay if the right person gets to the top? Um, The good rich person going after the bad rich person. Um, And that's what capitalism kind of holds its hope on. And that's kind of what keeps it running, right? Mm -hmm. Is good people are hoping to win the game of capitalism to eventually go against the system in order to fight the bad rich people. So they talked about using that as an example of like philanthropists, right? Or like mm-hmm. uh, Iron Man. <laughs> they use him as like a very, you know, uh, key example. A good rich person who uses their money and power to try to fight against the bad rich people. They also used an interesting example of the differences between like giving five hundred six hundred dollars to two different groups of people and what happens mm-hmm. um they were like if you give six hundred dollars to a person that doesn't have a lot of means not a lot of money that they'll just burn through that money versus like if you give that money to um, someone else they can use it to grow that money and then they were like but that's not that's what people see on the surface, but that's not really what it is. Because if you give $600 to a person who doesn't have a lot of money, they're going to spend that money on things that they need to survive. Food, yeah. rent, whatever it is that they need to survive. Mm-hmm. Versus the person who has enough money that they don't actually need the $600. So what they'll do is they'll hold it, hold on to it, and have it grow. 
Yeah, of course, because that wasn't money that they really needed. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something that... It was something that they could uh, put to another use. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah, if I got $600 right now, I would put it towards <laughs> food, rent, such. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um now, other shows, they talked about a lot of other shows and movies that have very similar themes to this show. Um, and they discussed how other shows leave the message as if there is no way out of this system. But Squid Game reminds us that if we all vote to opt out, we have the chance to get out. But it doesn't really offer up any sort of alternative, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, yeah, well... Of course, we all have a chance to opt out of this type of society, but we all have to do that. And if we don't have any sort of solution or alternative of what to go to outside of it, of course, we're going to stay with what we know. Mm-hmm. Because what else would we have? Yeah. Um, some other just random thoughts on the games. Uh, let's see. Oh, I found the glass stepping stones uh, very interesting in the, in the sense that during that game, why we talk about how they changed the rules by turning the lights off once they figured out how to distinguish the glass, mm-hmm. right? Um, a very good real life example of that. And this is, uh, this is an example of like my mom, right? My mom worked in sales when she was younger. Mm-hmm. My mom made so much in commission because she was extremely good at her job and to the point where she was making more money than her the like head of her company because she was because she was making so much commission Uh uh-huh and then because of that they reworked her commission to basically be make it where she wouldn't make as much money yep so it's kind of like as soon as, as soon as the little man figures out how to how to beat the system, they're like, "Oh, well, now we need to rework the whole system because we yes. can't have these guys winning." Which is interesting because one of the big things that happens in this is that you have a one of the players is a doctor, like a disgraced doctor, mm-hmm. and what they're doing on the side is they're actually taking the bodies of the people that died and removing their internal organs to sell them on the black market for money. Mm-hmm. Is what they're doing because every person that dies in this game gets incinerated. So yes. like they gift they gift wrap them, <laughs> <laughs> they gift box them, put mm-hmm. them into an incinerator, and just like, yeah, gone. Um. But there's a small handful of workers coupled with this doctor that they're using to make money on the side. Mm-hmm. Now, the front man, when they end up finding out about it, the front man said, I don't care what you do. He was like, you want to take the organs and sell them or you want to eat them? He goes, I don't care. He goes, mm-hmm. but the whole point of this game is to take all these people that have been disenfranchised, that have been unequal standing out in the current like their current lives and bring them to a place where everyone is equal. Mm -hmm. Everyone has an equal opportunity to win the money. And they're like, and you broke that number one rule because as part of it, as part of the payment to help the doctor survive, they were cheating. Yes, they were passing him notes. And I would like to have a conversation about how they got that note into the yolk of that egg without breaking the shell. Literally. (laughs) 
<laughs> do you think they put it in like a teeny tiny needle that they just like inserted it through a needle and <laughs> they must have because the shell wasn't broken and it was like neatly embedded in the egg yolk i was like that was some skill for yeah. sure <laughs> but basically like that was a big thing was that they were cheating which yeah. is also how the um they got the advantage in the tug of war because mm-hmm. the 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 gangster guy one of his team members was the doctor and the doctor told him mm-hmm. so they knew that they needed the strong men strong. on their team to win the yes. game exactly and um even though like even though like they were blatantly cheating in a different way versus like how Sungwoo and then Jihoon was like they both of them cheated during the marble game mm-hmm. too, but it was like different. Like they were taking advantage of a system that existed. Yes. Versus the other people were introducing a different element that was allowing them to not take advantage of the system, but to blatantly cheat. Yes, exactly. Which is a big no-no because they killed all of those people (laughs) and then made an example of them. (laughs) Very true. Very true. The show also does a lot of great jobs visually of Mm -hmm. like, like one of the things someone talked about was like the way that they would walk down the steps in the corridors to go play the game. And then whoever won would then walk back up to the living quarters. Ah. Uh, yeah because they were taking a step up right Mm -hmm. they were taking one step up to further up in society in a way and i believe there was a lot of stuff with the colors as well but i don't remember any of the details on that at the minute but there is so much detail put into this show a lot of it was in that stairwell (laughs) Mm-hmm. Which was like some crazy stuff out of like a fun house slash Harry Potter thing going on mm-hmm. there. Um, but it makes a lot of sense as to why it was built that way. Because if one of the players got away or like broke away, they would never be able to find their way out. Exactly. So. Well, and it's also kind of like, isn't isn't that kind of like based on that one um, drawing or piece of mm-hmm. art where all the, yeah, all the stairwells are, you know, depending on your perspective are going up or down. Yeah, it's 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 supposed to be. I think it's probably like a play on perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Like what you said, like have to going down to play the game, up to get back to their living quarters. So they're mm-hmm. moving up in society. It was that kind of stuff. So it's like based on the perspective, but it's there was a lot happened. There was a lot of really terrible acting by the VIPs, which was just oh my god, hard which to is, get through. Which is totally like typical of. Korean dramas, I feel like, whenever they have non-Korean people. <laughs> it was pretty bad. It was, yeah, it was pretty it bad. Was, um, it was pretty bad. Um, it reminded me, because it's interesting, because when people would ask me about this show, I'm like, it's like Hunger Games meets The Purge, mm-hmm. in a sense. Because in the Hunger Games, a lot of the same stuff, right, is you have all these people who are in economic or poverty or in, like, having difficulty from the different districts have to fight against each other. They didn't volunteer, though. They were volunteered, voluntold that they were. (laughs) Well, unless you're Katniss Everdeen, who did volunteer, but. True. But it's the death game, right? It's It's the the death game part of it. Um, But it's also the people in the capital, right? So it's a bunch of rich people betting on the lives of 
the people fighting in the death game. And that's what's happening in this because all the VIPs are super rich white people. Well, not all of them are white. There was another person. I think there was a person like Japanese person. Mm. Most of them are white people. Mm-hmm. Um, these like really rich people who were bored yeah. in their life. And needed something to spend their money on, which is how the person who was in charge of this whole situation basically, like, told the main character, like, mm-hmm. why he's doing this. He goes, because I have so much money that I don't know what to do with. And I got bored in my life with having so much stuff and money that I needed something to thrill me or to, like, mm-hmm. pay attention to. And yeah. he was like, he focused on the fact that he used to have so much fun and freedom when he would play kids games with his friends and so much and time would pass by like it was nothing and he said no matter what i did as long as it was with my friends like time would pass and oh he was clearly at a point in his life where sure he was just probably waiting to die what did he have to lose you know Nothing, because he could toy with other people's lives and then give them a bunch of money and it would be no big deal to him. What's interesting is, like, this show does a lot of, like, um, comparing of, like, the of two different people. Like, putting up against two people with each other to show you, like, the differences. Kind of like you said, how two people would react if you gave them $600. Mm-hmm. We have that with our main character and Sungwoo. Um, we also have that with the cop and his brother. Oh, yeah. Right? Two people from the same family who clearly reacted in two very different ways morally. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, his brother, so his brother who, the cop's brother who ends up being, who is the front man, he won the games. Mm-hmm. So he won in like... What was it 2015 because this games have been going on for a long time which was totally unsettling when they revealed that when like he went into the archives with the mm-hmm. files and saw how many games had been played i was like i was shocked yeah it was very i was disgusted like yeah it was ridiculous but so he played and won in 2015 and i think they like offered him a position or something to like come back and mm-hmm. be the front man. And it says a lot for, like, the kind of person that he is. Is He's literally sitting there watching a bunch of people get shot on the playground, right? Not the mm-hmm. playground, but, like, playing the the, the red light, green light um, game while sipping a whiskey. Like, that's the, like... Oh, well, the fact that he's been, literally been in that game uh-huh. and knows how horrifying it is uh-huh. to then come out the other side and be like, oh, you want me to run the game? Yeah, cool. sure. Sure, no problem. Sure, no problem. They probably offered him even more money. Probably. Which is which is the thing. To probably get to the end of that point, like, yes, we see with our game that we watch, it's actually the, the person who's, like, probably the best person out of everyone is who ends up winning. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, I feel like you probably have to be kind of a garbage to get to the very end, typically. <laughs> like, you have to kill a lot of people to get to the end and you probably have to have a really like i don't know cold heart and so sure probably by the end of the thing he was like oh yeah you want to give me more money to keep going sure like he probably just didn't even think twice 
it it says a lot about how people react thinking that knowing that there's no way that they can get ahead in their life without having money Mm -hmm. and the literal desperation to achieve that money in order to help themselves because like the main character went back into the games because his mom needed surgery uh for her diabetes and the only way that they could afford that was for him to potentially win the game for him to go through all that win the money and come back and his mom died well that's the thing right is like Mm -hmm. people work their butt off to get the money to do the thing but then because they're too busy trying to get the money they never get to do the thing and that's Mm -hmm. exactly what happened with him is he worked so hard and was away to get the money and when he came back he couldn't even use it nope and he chose not to use it. He never touched the money that was in there until much later. Yeah, until much later. Oh, my gosh. It's a very interesting show. Um, there has been a lot of commentary about it. Um, there are a lot of people who miss the mark on um, what this show is about. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. There was a lot of discussion on LinkedIn from, like, companies and people that are high up in corporations oh, talking gee, about it. <laughs> and we were like, mm, tell me you missed. Tell me you didn't understand the point without telling me you didn't understand the point. Um, That's very interesting that that happened. Yeah. Um, oh, shoot. Oh, I was going to say, this show actually brought about a lot of discussion as well about subbed versus dubbed um and oh my god yeah and the discussion of how like how good the subbing and dubbing needs to be like how much better it needs to be it's now it's not great it's not great we are two people who enjoy watching korean dramas but we've talked about it before where there's certain shows that feel like you kind of you're missing quite a bit you're lost in translation. You're, you're lost in translation. And it was very interesting to see a lot of people on TikTok who were Korean, Korean Americans who who were fluent in both languages, discuss how much of certain plot points or how much context you were missing by how simple the translations were. Now, yes. Eamon sent me actually a really great article about like the reason why a lot of translations are so simplified. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, how kind of like ableist a lot of the things are because the translations for uh, hearing impaired individuals are actually like a lot worse than the regular subtitles. When in reality, you should be putting actually more money and effort into the the one for the people who need it, right? Yes. (laughs) The people who need the descriptions within the scenes to give like context to what's going on and things like that. But it's true, the the subtitles for hearing impaired are actually end up usually are worse and so simplified that you it's kind of silly. And a lot of people automatically were put onto dubbed because Netflix, that's their like default setting. If you're going to watch an international show, they put it straight to dubbed. Unless you regularly watch subtitled content, then typically they'll go to subtitled first. But a lot of people talked about how the dubbing was just terrible. (laughs) 
I also, there was a lot of commentary about like, I read some stuff about the translation because even, even Becca was saying some stuff about how it was mistranslated. Mm-hmm. Um, because so the word Opa, for instance, the, when oh, she yeah. was calling him, she in, so they actually updated the translation. Yes. They changed which is, it. Which is good because of how much discussion was going on. Yeah. So originally it kept saying old man, which is yeah. not the correct translation no. for that word, especially when it's used in a, as a means of affection between two, uh, two people who are not related. Cause it'd be it the equivalent of like, her being like, baby, honey, like what's up? Like, yeah. Instead, it was like translating to old man, and it was really young. Hey, it was old really man. Weird. <laughs> it's really weird. But they changed it to like babe. Yeah. Is what it was translated to. They changed it recently because I just watched this. Um, I watched the first five episodes with my parents yesterday, nice. actually. Oh, cool. Um, But yeah. And like they also talked about how there's words within the Korean language that are not easily translatable. Mm-hmm. Like the word hyung, right? Yeah. Which is what Ollie was calling Sungwoo because they don't have a way. There's no like equivalent really in English. There's there's no equivalent to convey what that word actually means, mm-hmm. like what it's meant to mean because it has a level of, because we don't, in English, we don't really have um, uh, an affectionate term to like. Not, not just that, but we also don't have the... Um, I can't think of what it's called. <laughs> he struggling. ends up calling him boss, doesn't he? He was calling or, him sir. Or, well, he was a uh, boss for a while. Like, yeah. someone who's in charge. Um, honorifics. We don't honorifics. have honorifics. True, not really. True, true, true. Um, in how you speak specific words. So, like, honorifics add things to the end to, like, like when you're talking to somebody that you don't know. Mm-hmm. So, like... When he was calling him sir or boss or like whatever the well, yeah, word they that he, translated to boss, yeah, the word that he was using um, is something for someone who's in a higher level of power mm-hmm. or like as a person that he doesn't know, but it's like somebody in a level of um, level power above up. him. Yeah, yeah. So like that's what he was saying, and like he was like, "Don't call me that." So he ends up calling him Hyung, which is a um, word that's used between. Um, people who do know each other and you're talking to somebody who's older than you. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, in relation to like BTS, like Jin is the oldest person in the group and everyone calls him that. Or yeah. as like Jungkook calls Jimin that because yeah. Jimin's older than Jungkook. So. Exactly. And there's, there's uh, different terms from like male to female and like mm-hmm. age and everything is very determined by age and and that's stuff that you would totally miss if you didn't know any yes. of that context. Um, there was also, like, context of which, like, I think the way that the girl spoke and, like, mm-hmm. her sense of, like, not being, uh, not trusting the main guy. And so she talks about that. But the way that it was simplified kind of glossed over that. And so you don't really get the context of that. They also kind of glossed over the fact that she was a North Korea defector mm-hmm. as well. So she was, so her manner of actually speaking would be different. Yeah. Because um, North Korean Korean is different from yes. the kind of Korean that they speak in South Korea. 
Mm-hmm. It's, it has like a completely different uh, dialect, right? Yeah. So it's like, it's interesting that they like kind of just like they mentioned it, but just sort of like glossed over it. Yeah. Because it's kind of an important thing. I mean. Yeah. Because yeah. her whole thing is like she was trying to win the money to help support her brother, but also to pay a lawyer to get her fam her parents over. Because mm-hmm. she was very young. I think she was only in her like early twenties and she had a younger brother that she was trying to take care of. Yeah. And they needed the parents who are still stuck in North Korea. Well, in so. North Koreans typically aren't treated the best i feel like because they're kind of seen as outcasts in some uh in some ways they're kind of discriminated against a little bit i feel like i heard Mm. like people like tend to treat them just a little bit differently not everyone obviously but like Mm -hmm. you know there's those kind of situations everywhere um um wow we talked a lot about this show Honestly, I feel like we could talk about it forever, but I feel yep. like we'll include some videos, that, like I said, that would go into much further discussion. Um, And I'm sure there's like a ton of stuff out there that you could really find if you want to go in, in depth in depth. But can also see how those people on LinkedIn sort of <laughs> whole lot miss the mark on like what this show is about. Oh, very interesting. Very interesting. Yep. Um. I would say if you liked this and haven't watched Parasite, you should definitely watch it. It has a lot of similar themes. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also Battle Royale, which I learned about in the video, which was. uh, It's a Japanese one. Japanese movie. I think it's a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Snowpiercer also you should watch as well. Yes. Has the same kind of uh, economic and then socioeconomic. commentary exactly and then obviously hunger games if you for some reason haven't seen hunger games (laughs) yeah anyway yeah um yeah okay well that's gonna wrap up this week's episode of tea time the show notes for this episode and all of our other episodes are available on our website teatimewithkc.com feel free to reach out to us via twitter or instagram by using our handle at teatimewithkc or at facebook at facebook.com forward slash teatimewithkc if you want to chat with us in real time feel free to join our slack workspace or our discord server invite links for those will be in our show notes and then you can also email us at teawithkc at gmail.com don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and basically every other podcast app. And don't forget to check out the other podcasts and streamers on the geek to geek Media Network by visiting geek to geek mediacom And until next time, bye! bye. Thank you for listening. Join us next time for another cup of tea.